As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome back to another episode of Rocketship.fm. During this season, where we're opening up the workplace confessionals. And we have two more confessions today. They are work-related, but they involve friends, family. So maybe we consider these more of work-related confessions, kind of spilling into our personal lives. And hey, you know what? That makes total sense. It's pretty tough to completely decouple our work and personal lives, right? Yeah, so true. Well, I know there's a lot to get into, so we ought to get it going, don't you think? Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. 
So two workplace confessions that touch the personal side of things. Is that right? I think that's right. I think that's a fair way to summarize it. So just how do they touch the personal side of things? Well, we should probably jump into that first confession, and then I think it will become a little bit more clear. So let's loop in our guest today who will be going through these confessions with. And who's with us today? Well, it's somebody that most people in the world of emerging funds and community ought to know. It's Lolita Taub. Lolita is the co-founder and general partner of the Community Fund, an early stage fund investing in community-driven companies. She's also involved in all sorts of other ventures as an operator and investor. Lolita is awesome and somebody who I've enjoyed following on Twitter for quite some time and Dare I say she's one of the heavyweights in the world of VC Twitter, you know, if VC Twitter is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say VC Twitter is a thing. And yeah, she's definitely one of the people for anybody in the world of tech to follow. So let's meet Lolita. Thank you for having me, first of all. My name is Lolita Taub. I'm an operator investor. I've been in tech for almost 15 years. Time flies. I started in corporate, went to startups, then venture capital. And now, because I'm a workaholic, I'm both an investor and an operator. I angel invest uh, for sure. I head of sales for a Series A startup, and I am the co-founder and general partner at the Community Fund. Um, where we invest in pre-seed, seed, community-driven companies, and we're just getting started. Okay, so we're going to go through two confessions with Lolita. The first one, well, I actually know somebody who could have made this confession, but before I give anything away, let's just get right into it. The confession is, the pandemic turned me into a stay-at-home mom, and I hate it. Last year was really hard for me, like really hard. I went from being a rising star on my company's product team to getting laid off and essentially becoming a stay-at-home mom and homeschool teacher. My husband and I both agree that I'm at my best when I'm working and loving what I'm doing. But it didn't feel like we had much of a choice. Only until the late spring did my daughter's school even offer in-person classes. And while I was out of work, it didn't seem to make sense to pay for childcare. Of course, having to educate my daughter full-time made it pretty difficult to even be in the mindset of finding that next great role for me. And now, I just feel stuck. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm sure hoping that next school year will be different. But the pandemic has taken an emotional toll on me. If I'm really being honest? I've discovered that being a stay-at-home mom is definitely not for me, and I sort of resent myself for falling into the trap of bearing this burden for the family on my own. So, you think this is coming from a friend of yours? Well, I already asked her, and I know it's not from her, but still, actually, I think the fact that it isn't her is pretty telling. This story is an all-too-common one from this past year. Lolita, have you heard stories like this as well? Yeah, so being that I work with uh, underestimated founders, funders, and friends, um, I think this in particular hits close to home, and not because I'm a mom. I am the mom of a furry baby. Um, his name is Choco. <laughs> He's a dachshund, chocolate lab, all sorts of other kinds of mix rescue, and we love him very much. Uh, but it, I mean, in working um, in the space, and and again with under underestimated, underrepresented uh, members of the community, you, you hear this a lot. It's like, what do I do, and how do I do it? Because depending on your socioeconomic situation, this may be harder uh, for for some than others. 
And so I, I definitely feel for, for, for moms out there. Um, if you look at who's been hit the hardest um, from a business perspective as well, from jobs, all sorts of things. I mean, this is, this is a story I've heard before. Um, and it's, it's really sad. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking, in fact, when you even look at the founder numbers, for example, the, the investing that's gone into women-founded startups has dropped, I think, something by something like 22%. Um, wow. <laughs> it's wow. just crazy. And wow. so, yes, of course. Um, one thing I would say is it sucks. There's no ifs, what's, buts about it. Uh, but it's, so it's really important to just say, yeah, it does, making space for that. And I think for for moms and for everybody who's gone through the traumas that we've gone through in the last year plus, it's really important to say, hey, my mental health is really important. Finding space. If it's possible to see a therapist, I highly encourage therapy. Uh, If not, reflecting, writing in journals, maybe talking to friends, doing the things that make you smile or maybe just take a break. I had a, a friend who said, you know, what I do, Lolita, is... I lock myself in the bathroom and have a bath. I need it. I need it for my sanity. And I, and I said, you know, that's a great idea. That's what I'm going to do this weekend. And so I put in some bubble bath and some salts in my tub. And then I just like lie there and pretend everything is good with the world. But, you know, it's challenging times. And so I think what, what we as a community also can do is just be conscious of that when we talk to people when we talk to moms um, and just everyone in general, just to think, hey, these people may be going through something. I'm, you're probably saying, shit, I'm going through shit too. And just being compassionate because this has taken an emotional toll on all of us in so many different ways. Yeah. And I, I do hope that they're not punished as she goes back into the workforce as, as often happens and that companies can be forgiving of this gap that historically we haven't been. And, and we're able to welcome all the parents who, who went through this uh, back into the workforce uh, without question. But we'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that some will just not. They'll just be like, well, too bad. Not my fault. We're in business. But I mean, this is where you see who you really want to work for, who the best employers are, who, who shows up, because you have to be human. And in fact, I, I do really believe that in the market, it's becoming increasingly more important for companies to be human to their employees and VCs the same, everyone just to be human first, because at the end of the day, we are human first. So yes, right. (laughs) And otherwise we don't want to work with you. And you know, like that's just part of it. And we're kind of a hot commodity being half of the population Mm -hmm. having like huge spending. It's kind of important to include us. So yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you said, Lolita, that also stood out to me is just like understanding the place that people are coming from. Like the other day I ran into somebody and you know, they're like, yeah, actually my life hasn't changed at all in this pandemic. Like I've been, li-, and I'm like, I wanted to be like, okay, maybe just keep that to yourself. <laughs> Cause like, it's definitely gotten me down in so many different ways. Like, I don't want to hear that your life didn't change. So like, I'll, yeah, I think all of us like having more empathy for people uh, and just realizing like that everybody is dealing with stuff, you know, like 2020, 2021 should be years where it's like, we just understand people went through a bunch of shit and we, sh- we should be pretty, pretty empathetic towards that. Yeah. You know, actually, I'd love to share a fun fact, um, which isn't so fun, but I went to the dentist recently because I've been um, clenching uh, a mm. lot, clenching, you know, when you, you know, 
put your jaw together unconsciously. So I would be waking up with this pain and headaches and such. And so went to the dentist and I'm like, what's going on? Like, this has never happened to me. And this is one way that anxiety has for me showed itself in my body. And I was talking to the dentist and he said, actually, you know, it's really interesting. And, and it was because I asked him, I'm like, are you seeing a trend in this happening with others amid COVID? And he said, actually, yes, we're seeing clenching. We're seeing grinding. People need teeth replaced. Like it's getting wow. crazy. So when you think about we're having unconscious, like physical reactions to our lives as a population, you know, things are things are in a particular special place where we need to show love to each other a little bit more maybe than than usual. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Okay, before the break, we heard a confession from somebody who said the pandemic turned her into a stay-at-home mom. But that was never the plan, and well, it never really sat well with her. This next confession similarly is a workplace confession, but also spills into the personal side of things. This is a confession we're calling, My Friends Don't Know I'm an Angel Investor. Fascinating. All right, let's hear it. I know that the cool thing to do is throw up investor on your Twitter bio the first time you make an angel investment. But I made my first angel investment about five years ago and never told anybody. Coming from the Midwest, I guess I just have never been one to talk publicly about my finances and all. It wasn't a big amount, just a few thousand dollars. I actually never even knew that I could invest that little into a company. I always assumed you needed to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars as an angel investor. But when my friend started her company, she let me invest for much less than that. Anyway, Fast forward a few years later, that friend wrote me a check that ended up being more than my entire annual salary based on the exit her company had. I've also made a few other investments along the way as well. I don't know if I'll end up becoming a successful angel investor and don't plan to do this full time, but it's been a fun experience so far. But one I've kept to myself. Nobody really knows about it except my financial planner and me. Well, and now your listeners. Interesting confession for sure. Yeah, and as we've mentioned, Lolita is an investor, so I'd be curious to hear her take on this one. Lolita, what do you think? So first off, I if you like to have a private life, not be bombarded by LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> I don't know, all types of messages, people finding your phone and texting you, <laughs> maybe showing up at your doorstep so you have to put a security system. There's... <laughs> Good reasons why maybe you want to keep it private that you're that you're investing. So I totally get that. Um, I don't know the you know who the person is, so I, I'd love to know so I can give more personalized feedback. But here's what I, I'd say: in in the space that we're in, um, I think we we need to think about two things. What do we want personally? If this is what works for you, keep 
doing it. I mean, that's who you are. There's no reason why you need to be an extrovert and put all your stuff on social media. There are those of us who do. And part of it is because we came from nothing and are building our, our social capital and are trying to build community and because we have to, right? We just, and we want to, because we want to build funds and we don't want to just build one. We want to build a series of them. And so we need to put ourselves out there so that we can create relationships with the ecosystem. So we have the co-investors and the deal flow cycles. We want to make relationship uh, with, with the founders themselves and then the limited partners who will, who will invest in our funds. And so putting ourselves out there, whether it be on social media or just behind closed doors, but in community is something that's very relevant if you want to be in this space as a full time or if you want to just be super active and maybe as an angel because you want to be known for that. Um, as an angel, you can invest for any reason. It could be financial. It could be because you felt good that day and you wanted to give all of your money to somebody. It could be whatever you want, right? So I think number one is do you whatever works for you. And then number two, if you do want to do this, just think about what it takes and what what this is, how you're going to be, how you even define successful angel. Because I mean, an angel is just, someone who has money to invest, hopefully you're accredited. That's one thing I would say, please make sure you're an accredited investor. Founders, please only take money from accredited investors because otherwise it becomes a liability. Um, but all in all, I mean, yeah, you do you. I, I personally like to share in public um, because it, it's, it allows for others to see that a Latina woman that came from the hood can do it too. So you can too. Anybody can. And then also because we, we, we're approaching a minority majority population. Mm -hmm. So the market demands that there's a lot of money on the table. So if you are, you know, coming from one of these marginalized, underestimated communities, like, and you care about building, you care about trailblazing, it's not for the faint of heart because you get, you know, you heard me, you get like, you might get some like not so positive stuff you don't want, but it really can help the community. So again, it all goes back to what's, what's your goal. And for me, it's definitely building community, serving the underestimated founder, funder, um, friend community and making a lot of money. So there you go. The ecosystem needs both, right? They, right. they need the voice. They need to be pushed forward. You do need kind of both both of like the types that this person is where maybe he's just doing it as a personal thing, but doesn't want it to be so public. But if there weren't people like you or like, for instance, and Michael knows this, but I, so I became an LP in a fund for the first time ever. It was Matt Conwell's fun. And Yay! I, if, if yeah, Matt, Matt wasn't like, yeah, like, and if he wasn't like out there, you know, j doing all the stuff he's doing, I would never have even known him. I've never met him in person. Um, and I'm like, you know, if it's the list of his LPs, I'm like right down here, but still. No, but here's here's the deal. That's that's part of why we're building in public too, because there's so many of us who can participate, who've been kind of shunned because they're like, you're not Sequoia mm. or A16Z type of people. And you're just like, look, I would love to. I just didn't know about this. And you're just yeah. like, yeah, yay. Now I'm part of the ecosystem. How can I help you? Let me learn and grow. And I think that's part of what makes life so rich for for the nerds in, in our community like myself. It's like, I want to learn or I want to be part of something. Um, I want to make money. I want to work with good people because we only live one life and let's not work with assholes. But, you know, so 
I, that's part of the reason why I also try to put um, content out. Mac is a really good friend and he and I believe the same thing. Like, let's just put it out there. The yeah. reality is that it's, it's tough. It's very, very tough. Um, and there's a lot of bias, but you know what? There are people who will see through that. We'll see the opportunity that we see and, um, we'll, uh, you know, reap in our generational wealth in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you tell us a bit about the community fund too? Yeah, sure. So I guess I'll, my, if I did have call outs, I'd say if you're an underestimated founder that wants resources, community, uh, the opportunity to meet other in, um, investors, definitely follow me uh, on Twitter at Lolita Taub. If you are a community-driven founder uh, where your company has customers or will have customers that identify as members and they have a space to create value for each other and start that marketing sales flywheel, then check us out at the Community Fund and our, our URL is thecommunity.bc. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Before the break, we heard two workplace confessions. Both of them were workplace confessions, but sort of touched the personal side of things as well. Yes, and as always, there's a lot to learn from these. We'll finish with two big takeaways here. All right, where should we start? Well, I'll go first. I'll start with the first confession. In this case, the pandemic turned the person making the confession into a stay-at-home mom, and well, she didn't like it. And for good reason. It wasn't her proactive plan to stay at home as a mom. She was thrust into the situation that she frankly didn't want to be in. But to her credit, she did what she had to do. My takeaway was that we shouldn't always assume that the woman should be the one to take on more responsibility. Every couple is different. Every family situation is different. In this situation, her family seemed to make this choice together, and you certainly can't fault that. But my hope is that it was a deliberate decision that each family makes rather than just revert back to the old women automatically being the ones to pick up the slack when it comes to childcare and education for the children. I think we've come a long way, at least I hope. Great point with that. And and yeah, in my household, I'm usually the one making the kids school lunches and cooking dinner for the family. <laughs> and my wife, she's actually the one dealing with contractors if stuff's being worked at on the house. So we don't have to revert back to the roles that society says that we should have. Every family's different. So spot on there. All right, Mike, what's your big takeaway? Well, Let's go with that last confession. My friends don't know I'm an angel investor. I think it's sort of along similar lines in that we shouldn't let what others do influence how we should behave. In this confession, this person doesn't include investor in their Twitter bio. They aren't so public about the fact that they make investments. And you know what? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Then again, there are others that do include investor in their bio. They do tweet or blog a lot about their investing experience. And guess what? That is okay as well. In fact, for somebody like Lolita, she really should be talking about her experience as an investor. It helps build her personal brand, and that gets her access to more deals, which gives her a better shot at making great returns. Both situations are okay. So don't try to be somebody else. Do whatever's right for you. Right on, Mike. That's a great takeaway. And really, that's a wrap for today, I'd say, don't you think? I'd say so. So with that, for Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm. We'll see you soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com. 